get yourself a sugar mama. Yeah. So my An old-fashioned Connecticut sugar mama. Oh, yeah. Right here at the heart of... <laughs> it definitely sounds like a sex act. It's Encyclopedia Brunch. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, through our favorite means of communication, the internet, it's Catherine Kogert. It is our favorite means of communication. Real life, no, thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. I've had it up to here. No, 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 no. Why are you still here? I've seen you for 10 seconds already. This Snapchat is supposed to disappear. Thank you, real life. Get out now. (laughs) Well, sir, how are you today? uh i'm doing well uh i'm a little a little warm here i'm not in my uh usual uh brunching studios but uh yeah I, I'm, I'm having a lovely time um and that's really about all i can say for that because i i usually would just follow up with some uh emoji or something here but again lost lost <laughs> lost in time and space right well I am in my usual branching studios, and I feel at ease and at home. Mm, sounds lovely. <laughs> so that's how I'm doing. Well, maybe then you're prepared to talk about our topic this week, wetlands. All right. Yeah, you know, okay. Oh, darn. I was really hoping that we would do our favorite segment. Tim describes the topic. It's your favorite segment, and it's immediately always followed by my least favorite segment, the segment where you say that it's your favorite segment. Makes me feel self-conscious. It's the lands that are soggy, wetlands. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we could do that segment. That's it's, that's my favorite it's the segment. the ground that's not dry, wetlands. <laughs> well, actually, so like the way you define uh, a wetlands, it sounds like, I mean, there's lots of different ways. And of course, being a geographic feature, it has lots of uh, local and colloquial ways of describing it. But uh, one really key thing there is that the soil is uh, saturated with water. It's land plus water. That's... It's ground that's not dry, you say. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, no, but I mean, like, there, there, there is nuance there in that uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's ground that's not dry. Fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do taxonomies. <laughs> okay. So there's, I actually have, this is my favorite, my favorite thing that I read about this. And it's not the most interesting fact, but I just liked it. Uh, wetlands are separated into marshes, swamps, bogs, and fens, where bogs and fens are both types of mires. So... <laughs> Just like we have it all straight. <laughs> you got your Myers over here. Those are bogs and fens, and uh-huh. those are peat producing wetlands. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've got your mm-hmm. marsh and your swamps over on the other side. Those are not Myers. Do not get confused. Totally different. Right. Don't get confused. Don't get it twisted. One cannot get mired in a swamp or a marsh. But. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Pop quiz, smart guy. You make a terrible What's Dennis Hopper from Speed. Between a bog and a fen. So the difference between a bog and a fen is a bog is typically rain-fed and acidic in nature, uh, and so because it's from the rain, there's not a lot of nutrients in that water. Plus, it's acidic, so it's particularly uh, hard to grow in. Um, usually, you'll just have uh, some like low grasses and shrubs in it. Um, often, it is often it is a raised piece of land. Whereas a fen is often a lower piece of land, so it gets fed water from a different part of uh, of the earth, let's say. Um, and so... <laughs> like um, specifically surface or groundwater. Yeah, thank you. Like a river. 
<laughs> or from like an underground stream. But not the sky. Not the sky. Yeah. So bog is fed from the sky and a fen is uh, not. And then because of that, a uh, fen t- typically has more nutrients in it um, and also is yeah. either neutral or alkaline pH. The uh, one revision I would like to make to what you said, if we could go back up in the text a little bit. Um, um, sure. I sure. would say that it's not that acidic bogs are unable to grow things as well. It's just that they tend to accumulate more dead vegetation, but they still grow stuff. No, no yeah, they, they do. For but real, for- uh, it grows. Well, I guess yeah. that's the whole thing about peat producing, right? So peat is uh, what? Highly compacted, partially decomposed vegetation. Is that right? Frozen, usually, yeah. Frozen, interesting. Is it so cold? I guess, I, I guess so. Is it so cold? Yeah, your Arctic peatlands. Sure, your Scotland's, your your Ireland's. I don't know where else peat comes from. No, no, like from Canada tundras. Like it's uh, a tundra thing. But it's also in Scotland and Ireland. Uh, peat. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. But... Are you sure you're not talking about permafrost? Um. Maybe I'm talking. Oh, because permafrost is frozen peat. You're right. Uh, I got confused. Okay. Well, no, we we got there. We got there in the end. Uh, so what do we do now? Where are we going? <laughs> to Pete. We're going to the Peatlands, the Highlands. To your friend Pete's house. Yeah, he's Should great. I bring something. Uh, probably Seems some rude scotch. To bring anything. Scotch, man. That's it's it's on theme. A little bit of fired peat in there. Yeah. Yeah. No. But um, uh, so typically we're seeing that 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 vegetation that's growing in those areas is not decomposing and instead it's just compressing, I guess. And then you just get like lots and lots of really thick pressed uh, stuff. I don't know. Have you ever held a peat? Like, what is it like? It's it's gross. <laughs> OK. All right. So it's a gross thing that's underground. And, um, uh, sure. So here's what I know about peat. He's a real nice guy. You're going to love him. He's great personality. Uh, I'm sorry. Sometimes my just my reaction just come out of me and I can't stop them. 100% appropriate. Although I will say it was the same joke you made, which I guess is even more disappointing. I know. I know. I have no excuse. Here's what I know about permafrost. We're talking about, okay. It's frozen pea. Sure. And he's so cold. As it thaws, um, there are the bacteria that lives in peat does a lot of methane emission. They're methanogens. They generate methane, um, and methane is a very toxic or potent, not toxic, but potent greenhouse gas, mm-hmm. like thirty-four times as toxic or as potent ugh, as CO two. So uh, as you're, we have permafrost. Well. As things get warmer, then the permafrost melts, so you have more methane that goes into the atmosphere. So it's a fun little positive feedback loop we have going on. And about 30% of the world's carbon is actually in peat, so it's actually a pretty significant deal, the fact that the permafrost is thawing out and that grows up more methane into the atmosphere and then there's more warming. Right, right. Peat is one of uh, one of our biggest carbon sinks because it's partially decomposed. And when you say that the bacteria in peat produces methane, that's full decomposition or, or further decomposition at least because oftentimes decomposition involves uh putting carbon into forms where it can be out in the air a little more it's, it's more in the cycle whereas if you just trapped it in a room it'd be uh it'd be stuck there which is kind of what we need with carbon sometimes yeah we need to find a way to get some distance from carbon 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's just not like a little bit is good, but just it's gotten a little unhealthy. And um, yeah, we just we, we just need to take a step back. A little space, a little uh, bearing carbon in a highly compressed uh, sort of lumpy, gross thing uh, deep underneath uh, <laughs> the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I do love lumpy, gross things. Uh, I feel like there really is. That would be rather extreme advice to give for like a boyfriend who's not very good for you. It's like, well, he's sort of a lumpy, <laughs> gross thing, and I think you should bury him underneath the Arctic Circle. Sometimes ladies' night goes that way, though. <laughs> Sometimes it ends in a murder, okay? All right, well, let's step aside and have ourselves a not admitting to anything, but very nice ladies' night together, and we'll be back in a moment on Encyclopedia Brunch. And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about wetlands, the soggy little mess that you should bury underneath the Arctic Circle. <laughs> In something that is definitely not murder. It sounds so shameful, too, whenever we talk about just like, oh, it's all wet. It's, oh, it's gross. <laughs> it's really gross. Yeah, like your liver. <laughs> is your liver gross? I always haven't thought about it. <laughs> Oh, is yours not, Mr. Oh, so I'm super healthy all the time? Yeah, man, my liver don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine liver that's mostly populated with wheatgrass and uh, kombucha. <laughs> so there. Not unlike an acidic bog. You know, switchgrass and, uh, you know, acids of, of various kinds. Sure, sedges. Well, sedges don't really grow in bogs. It's more sphagnum mosses. Oh, yeah, last sphagnum moss. Anyway, enough yeah. bog talk. I've had it with bog talk. It's bog this, it's bog that. I'm done with it. Let's talk swamps. Wade Boggs. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so swamps and marshes live in the tree of the, the Mutland taxonomy that uh, is not peat producing. Um, I, I totally didn't grasp why. Do you, do you have an understanding of why some uh, wetlands may produce peace? Produce peace? Uh, hmm? why some wetlands may produce peat and other wetlands do not. Mm, I think it would be dead vegetation accumulation, right? Right. So we know bogs accumulate more dead vegetation, so they might accumulate more peat. I know you're sick of talking about bogs. So done with it. Favorite. Uh, I'm just a huge Wade Boggs fan. <laughs> I just think he's amazing. Pop quiz, Catherine. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, do you know what Wade Boggs yeah. is famous for? <laughs> Baseball! I know this one! <laughs> Great job! Are you proud of me? Are you proud of me? Gold star to Catherine! <laughs> Another great episode of Bog Talk. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so, but I think maybe swamps and marshes don't produce vegetation just because they, I don't know, I guess it could be any number of reasons, but uh, things things get swept away, possibly, or maybe it's, uh, they, they are able to... Um, not disintegrate. We were just talking about this word. Oh no. Decompose. They were able to decompose more. Uh for whatever reason. Uh because because there's God, we're still talking about bogs. Um <laughs> There's no 
is key. Bogs are the most interesting one. Well, you think it's swamps, you think it's marshes, but it's actually bogs. Catherine, I believe we become mired in this mire. That's the issue. Mm, that's not any funnier the second time. <laughs> no, it was fine. Um, so the thing, the thing about uh, your mires, your peat-producing wetlands, is that uh, oxygen doesn't get to uh, those. Uh, as the as the vegetation disintegrates, just still using that word because the wrong one's coming to me. Decomposes as the vegetation decomposes. Uh, thank you. Um, there's there's not oxygen available to it because it keeps getting pressed down and and so maybe there's just more oxygen available. It's more porous. It's more I don't know. Um, so swamps. Uh, basically, they don't produce peat, but they do have forest. They have uh, like woody vegetation, and marshes uh, do not. Is is that uh, fair to say? I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. Um, which I think makes swamps the spooky one, which is probably why, to me, in like my, in the sort of zoo books of wetlands, if you will. Um, that's why, that's why the magic, in the like magic elements, it's swamps and not marshes. <laughs> exactly. Because it's spooky. Because <laughs> it's spooky. There's the volcano planet. I Anna. Right, the swamp planet. Uh, let's see, the underwater mm-hmm. planet, um, and then uh, the light and dark one. I guess if we're going by Zelda Majora's Mask rules on oh, the plains, yeah. But swamps are dark. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I just I'm just going. Swamps up. are dark. Uh-huh. Plains are light. Sure. Then you got your waters, your fires, your forests. Sure. Whereas the forest is like a, it's it's like a pleasant, happier swamp. Yeah, it's like a like a grove, you know, like a nice grove. Sure. There's, <laughs> There's elves there. And Mario Lopez. What? The Grove. Down in LA, we talked about this on a recent episode. Oh, absolutely, with Mario Lopez. You know, the other day I wished I could go to the Grove, and I was like, who am I? Who am I becoming? <laughs> I need to rethink my life. <laughs> oh, no, I really like your new uh, your, your new suburban lifestyle. Oh, the suburban court's my new thing. Do you want to... Costco for life. Costco's important. First of all, Costco's important. That has nothing to do with anything, but everybody should know that Costco is maybe my favorite place to visit. Okay. All right. <laughs> Second of all, I think it would be a fun new uh, subculture if all of us fun city cool kids decided to go vacation out to like, I don't know, if you live in Seattle, for example, let's take a vacation to Redmond and uh, I'll go to the Red Robins and that could be like the cool thing we do on the weekend I what do you think I, you I cannot tell you how much i dislike this plan it's gonna be great this is right up there with the adult summer camp trend i'm out tgif buddy we're gonna go to tgi fridays we're gonna go to ruby tuesday all on the same night chilies and we're gonna keep getting chicken fajita bowls Red Lobster, Applebee's, just down the line. <laughs> you know what? Red Lobster is differentiated, at least. I'll give it that. It's got it's got clear branding. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, pretty sure it's just chicken they're serving at the Red Lobster, right? Could be, I don't know. I haven't been to Red Lobster in years. I want to make clear here that I don't hate these places, but they are very samey, is all I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. against the chicken fajita bowl. But, uh, you know. The miracle is in how same they're able to keep it. That's what's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, is are they? Do we know? Are they all branded like you know one uh, as as one thing? Um, you know the same way like uh, whatever uh, Taco Hut and Pizza, Taco Hut and Pizza Bell, sure, um, are are actually all owned by Yum Brands and KFC. Horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, are they all owned by one person? <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, just it was a very that was a very good reading of horrifying. <laughs> Great you. read. You've got the part. Uh, uh, gross. Okay. So what else is gross? So Boggs. Boggs. Absolutely. Wade Boggs. Not as pretty as he once was. <laughs> Um, well, so the, the, the secret uh, uh, fifth uh, musketeer of wetlands, though, is artificial wetlands, which you might use in a mall parking lot as you approach the uh, Chili's Tuesdays. Uh, Ruby, Ruby, uh, Ruby Lobster. Ruby Lobster. It's red as ever. <laughs> when you're here, you're eating at an Applebee's. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ruby Tuesday, Ruby <laughs> Chilies. When you're here, you're eating at an Applebee's. <laughs> you know, it's 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 baffling, it's confusing, but I like the fajita bowl. I don't know, like it's a great deal. It it's really just is. a great deal for me yeah. and my family. <laughs> Again, I want to be clear: value. these aren't the worst places in the world. Uh, anyway, yeah, fine. I look forward to our hipster vacation to Redmond where we eat at, what did we say? It was. Did you know Ruby that they don't even have price tags next to all the art? So like, if you want to buy it, you don't know how much it costs. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. Maybe you can just take it. Maybe it's like on the house. They're so nice there. We should. We should do that. We should steal. When you're here, you're stealing our art. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new restaurant concept. It's called Burglars. <laughs> That's actually the slogan for the uh, New York Met, but uh... <laughs> well, right, sure, because it's conceptual, and as soon as you have the concept, you've basically taken the concept out of the museum. Absolutely, and that is theft <laughs> in the highest. This is an information age, and at prices these low, it's theft. <laughs> Which is which is now is the time when I pitch my uh, museum commercial, <laughs> but but it's like a car dealership guy. <laughs> Come on down to the Guggenheim. Also, it's crazy. <laughs> is he looking left? Is he looking straight? Who can tell? <laughs> Come on down here to the Seattle Art Museum. I'm crazy, Sammy. Uh, so in this pitch is 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 it just trying to get you in the museum like is the business still a just museum working as it often does or are you like actually trying to be like everything must go (laughs) uh um all concepts must go is the thing though right everyone must learn (laughs) i want to get these (laughs) these art styles into your brain Modern art, classical art, Renaissance art, pointillism, cubism. New ways of viewing the world every day of the week. <laughs> all right. Well, I have a well, business plan to write out. So, the Dragon's Den portion yep. of this podcast. <laughs> and we'll be back with the Encyclopedia Brunch portion of this podcast on Encyclopedia Brunch portion of this podcast.
we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about wetlands, the sponges of the earth. Is that one good? I don't know if that one's any good. Livers of the earth. Ooh, both. Right, because it does a filtration process for us, much like the liver does for our very bodies. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why they call them nature's liver. It's gross. It's still gross. Yeah, the whole thing is gross. It's all gross. We're doing a gross topic this week. Ugh, what's wrong with us? Animals. Um, okay, so wait, why are they why are they nature's livers? What do they do? We already know they sequester carbon. That's great. They're they're a little bank that gives us some space for carbon. Awesome. We don't really want to do a bunch of global warming right now. Maybe later we'll think about it. But like for now, definitely not. I just don't want to commit to any global warming. Right. It's not the time. I'm just like still playing the field a little bit. <laughs> oh girl, you need you need to take that wet gross mess and bury it under the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I'll get the shovel. <laughs> ah, girls night's the best. Um, so it does that great thing, but then it also filters water. How? What? 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 How? It's just, it's gross. It shouldn't, like, we shouldn't get clean water out of it. It's gross. Uh, no. No, it's <laughs> gross because all the gross stuff stays in it. <laughs> mm, pretty good. Is what I thought the answer was to this question for a really long time. But um, actually, that's not really the case. Man, what a twist. What a twist in this explanation, Gavin Kogert. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The new master of suspense. Move over, Stephen King. Here comes Captain Kogert explaining what's up with wetlands. Okay, wait, so what is Alrighty. it then? So, give me, do you want to do like a back and forth thing where you list a way that wetlands remove gross stuff and I list a way that wetlands remove gross stuff. Sure. And we see how far we can go. Okay. It's like a fun game that we play together. Uh, yeah, I mean, most games are the most fun if you've announced that it will be fun. It will be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll start because I don't think I have the advantage here. Um, uh, so if you've got um, gray or black water, I found out today that black water is what they mean if there's like human waste in it or something or some kind of waste. Whereas gray water is yeah. just like we cleaned something like clothes or whatever. I kind of love that. I kind of love all the all the naming things when there's like white and gray and black, you know, like black box, gray box. Mm. Is gray box a thing? I thought I made that up years ago. Really? Well, I think it is a thing. OK, maybe I just uh, maybe you made it up. Uh, independent evolution. OK, uh, well, I, okay, well, let me quick get the patent on, or the, the copyright on this. A, a black box is where no one knows what's going on inside, but it does something. A gray box is when we lightly explain what went on, but you don't know the details. Anywho, um, patent pending, yeah. patent pending. I, um, I know, I think that is a thing. And okay. also black body, gray body. Oh. Uh, uh, hmm. In a radiation sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's a gray body? Gray body, I don't know. Okay. I've heard it though. <laughs> Great work. I don't. I can never understand. I always have to look up the Wikipedia entry on black body radiation. Me too. For some reason, it won't Every stick in my head. Time. Like I know kind Every of what it is. Time. Uh, we were on. We were on the delightful podcast Titanium Physicists, and uh, they were explaining uh, basically this. And I think I was definitely being like, "Okay, Tim, you you can follow it this time." I swear, and it made sense because they're very good at explaining physics to people. But uh, they're very good. Mm, yeah, that was hard. That was that was a challenge for me when that came up. I was like, don't don't look like a fool now. <laughs> You've come so far, man. <laughs> Anywho, uh, in the show notes, the episode of the Titanium Physicist podcast we were on. Uh, and then, uh, right, black water and gray water. Is there a white water that it's not just rapids? 
I think that's just rapids, right? Whitewater. No. Okay. Yeah. Mm, reclaimed water once it's been treated is what it's called. Okay. So we've got, uh, let's say black or gray water coming into a wetland. Uh, I think for black water, typically we like to treat it first uh, with some sort of primary treatment. But uh, what'll happen as it filters through this wetland, because it's sort of like a sponge or sort of like it's made of like a, a porous material that water can flow through, is that uh, solids will collect in it. Uh, I think that's accurate, right? So that's one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So because we have so much vegetation in these, we have really complicated root systems. So mm. you have these really complicated flow channels, right? right? So like water, like maybe it's like 20 feet long. But in fact, water is flowing like 100, 200, 300 feet through to get through the wetland. It is, so it goes through a lot of like complicated, thin channels, and then that, that removes some solids. It's what we call tortuous. Tortuous. Mm. Okay, so that, that's, that's mine, is that uh, it, it, it'll, it'll hold up solids in it, and so that the water coming out the other side probably has less solid junk in it. Cleaner, better, faster. What's yours? Ah, uh, it's a real Daft Punk song. <laughs> uh, our water is never cleaner. <laughs> um, oh, is it my turn? It's your turn. That's what we're doing now in this game that we're having fun. <laughs> oh, it's so fun to announce that you're having fun. Gosh, um, I would say <laughs> that um, wetlands are able oh the plants uptake a lot of the extra nitrogen and phosphorus so if you have agricultural fields nearby then it rains then you have a lot of agricultural runoff so that takes some of the fertilizer with it so you have this nitrogen and phosphorus rich water hmm. which is bad if that just makes it into like the local streams because then you have lots and lots of food for algae and that's what eutrophication is and that's how you get red tides and stuff you said eutrophication I said eutrophication. Okay. And that's uh that's when we get a bunch of uh eukaryotes? No. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, it's uh like tons of algal growth. Okay. So that's and, and that's algae bad. Algae is a eukaryote, yes. Right. And that's bad because uh it makes it hard for other things to live. Okay. Sound right? Yeah. Algae produce toxins actually, so Ooh. they kill the other things around them. Oh, like a red um, tide. And they also take up all the dissolved oxygen from water, so fish can't live because oxygen need dissolved water or dissolved oxygen. <laughs> I Come on, Catherine. I keep Pull mixing water into this, this water. I keep it just keeps going. I can't get the water to mix in. <laughs> um, What's the solubility of water? <laughs> well, it's either one hundred liters per one hundred liters. Yeah. Uh. Roughly one kilogram per liter is the solubility of water. Great. Um, okay, so yeah, so that's good. So that, that avoids that. And would, would that also work for like, um, let's say, uh, animal waste? I mean, people waste whatever, because there's a lot of nitrogen in that as well. And phosphorus, I think. A lot of nitrogen, at least. Um, and so maybe it picks up some of that, too. It's sort of a buffer. Yeah, yeah. It, mm, I would say it's much more dilute in nitrogen and phosphorus clump concentration as opposed to like agricultural runoff agricultural oh. runoff is your big source of nitrogen and phosphorus as compared to human waste sure yeah yeah yeah. because it's concentrated we really went for yeah, it yeah it's fertilizer well we'll do an episode on fertilizer someday because uh oh it's such a thing um okay so is it my turn then yeah all right so i will say that the plant roots also can uptake heavy metals 
for whatever reason, I've never really understood that one. Is you know, you got all these heavy metals. It would be bad if, like, say, mercury or lead or something got out. Maybe it got into some fish or some algae or whatever, and then the fish eat the algae, and then eventually tuna eats it, and then before you know it, you're eating it because, uh, and you got all this mercury because of bi- biomagnification. Um, but for some reason, plants are able to uptake this, and like, it's not so bad. It just kind of goes into the root system or something. Either way, good for us. <laughs> Well, if they uptake their root and then the plant dies, then the mercury stays there. So uh, if the water keeps going through and then it ends up in a stream and then a fish eats it, then it stays in the fish. But if it stays in the plant, nobody's gonna ever going to eat the plant. Right, because it's a gross, gross bog. <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right, right, because they're collecting, which is a lot of what plants do. And I, th- I think we've both kind of studied this a little bit, the ways that plants are sort of just like collectors of things. <laughs> Because uh, same with energy, right? I had a, a boss who once described plants as a very dilute solar panel. Like it's, it collects solar energy in a very dilute way. And I was like, oh, it's not bad. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, okay, so we're uptaking heavy metals, we're filtering solids, and we're removing excess nitrogen and phosphorus. Pretty good. Is that is that enough? Pretty good. Do you have another one? Um, can we count like a like a wildlife habitat? Absolutely, because they're highly biodiverse. Because uh, you got your um, you got your your eco- your aquatic ecosystem and also your land ecosystem, and they're living together. Instead of just yeah, yeah, and it's pretty nutrient rich, right? Because it's where all these nutrients are accumulating. Right, they're collecting it all on its way out. Mm-hmm. And then it has that nice thing where it's like not always underwater; it's partially underwater. I think things like change. They like to have like both options, you know. Like me. Keep it flexible, sure. Sure. You know, the old, uh, you know, live in California so you can go skiing and surfing in one day. That's what wetlands are. <laughs> oh, wetlands. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, wetlands are cool. We like them. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. It just says they're cool. So I don't really know where to go from here. Uh, what, what do you got? Uh, oh, no. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't care for that impression of me, but uh, <laughs> um, there. I mean, so th- you know, to, to to finish up on the uh, the more you know note, I guess uh, they're mm-hmm. also one of the most endangered things because I guess I guess because they're such a focal point for so much stuff, they get really affected when when we do dumb things that uh, destroy the environment. They are the most destroyed because they're really yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're really like paying attention. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think another I think another interesting aspect of wetlands is um, they're really inconvenient. Like it's very difficult to build infrastructure like in harmony with a wetland. Right. Because it's always changing and all our infrastructure is based around nothing ever changing. We're at yeah, odds with nature. And if you build something on a wetland, it's just going to sink. <laughs> Into all that delicious peat. You might remember that Monty Python sketch where it's like, <laughs> someday, all oh, this will be yours. Uh, yes. I built this castle on a swamp, and then that sank into the swamp. And then I <laughs> built another castle, and then that sank into the swamp. That's what wetlands do. That's true. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they are, um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're just unstable. Uh, and they don't, I, well, we're also not really adapted to live in wetlands. So many mosquitoes? I don't know. Mm. Hmm. I feel like I'm just thinking of like D and D cultures that live in swamps. <laughs> mm, frog people, sure, sure. I suppose, and like, um, 
Hmm? We do do agriculture uh, in wetlands. Um, you know, rice, That's for instance. Uh, yeah, it, 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 there are a lot of things that grow. And also just, you know, floodplains where, you know, those maybe aren't wet enough to be considered wetlands, but they do have periods where they have a lot of water and then that's where the nutrients comes in. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what I was going to say is that um, because they're so inconvenient, it is very tempting to just destroy the wetlands and channel it and take all the water and redirect it so it doesn't go through this wetland and then it's going through this pipe instead and then that goes straight into a stream so that's really convenient because now you have this dried land to build on but now all of the the pollutants that were going into that wetland aren't getting treated in the same way they were before they're going into the stream and then you're using that stream no it's fine though because we're we're ingenious people right we'll just build our own wastewater processing plant and then we can control and have dominion over the beasts and uh our plants yeah yeah it's probably a bad well, idea we huh? can try <laughs> it's just nice when something take care takes care of it for you and it does so much stuff for us <laughs> like most of the stuff like honestly i would get i would build the filtering part and i'd be like yeah good enough i built the filter come on come me and break like I worked pretty hard yeah, on this filter. Yeah. We're good. And then we'd all be eating heavy metals. And not the fun rock and roll <laughs> kind. I'm Tim Dobbs, signing off. Um, I think- oh, oh, bye. Okay. <laughs> it's just me here. Well, it's just me here, folks. Your old pal, Catherine. It's my show now. And now that Tim's gone, we can talk about all the things that I want to talk about. Like, for example, princess hats. You know, back in our pointy hats episode, I really don't think we got to spend enough time to talk about princesses. Don't shun that microphone. No, I'm kidding. Please come back. I'm dying out here. Please. (laughs) (laughs) No, your princess hat bit sounded really good. Uh, And we can expand on it in the future. Next week on our Princess Hats episode two, The Phantom Menace <laughs> Encyclopedia Brunch. Uh, and until then, that's Catherine Coker over there. Tim Dobbs right over here. All right, take care of our wetlands. Bye. Bye. Project for the week. <laughs> <laughs>